Hey, it's Francesco DePinto from Terrifier 2, more commonly probably known as Clown Cafe Kid Number 4, and you are listening to Horror Homeschool. Welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. How you doing, Ashley? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm riding a high after all of this terrifier stuff. I know. Yeah. Ooh, me too. I'm boying so hard. Like we had so much fun on our last Patreon episode chatting with Clown Cafe Kids number four, Francesco. Shout out. Um Shout out, so much fun. What a nice yeah. dude. I do want to say that I think the more I'm getting into, like, learning about him and then about the movie, it actually makes me appreciate and love the movie more. Like, I was telling Kevin, I was like, it's stuck in my head. Like, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, this is it. You're on the Terrify 2 hype train. You're all aboard now. (laughs) Join us. (laughs) But because Kevin's like, oh, you just like it because Chris likes it. I'm like, no, I don't. I fucking hated the menu. (laughs) No, True. Them, but... Let's get oh. some menu guests on and we'll be like that. But anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to tell you that like <clears> it's <throat> just it's just there. It's just stuck there and it's like lingering in my brain. Yeah. That clown cafe song, the food's a little funny. It's in your head, isn't it? It's in my head every day when I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that episode with Francesca was so much fun. And I know we're plugging straight away, but if you haven't subscribed to our Patreon, Go and do it now. There's some amazing stuff on there. Like some of the best episodes we've done, um, the most enjoyable, like on the Patreon. So you're missing out if you're not subscribed to that. Uh, and if you just go we have to so much stuff coming too. Yes, yeah, so much stuff up there, so much stuff coming. Go and subscribe to that. It's patreon.com slash horror homeschool. And you only have to give us a dollar a month and then you get access to all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, we have more. Terrified two special guests coming on future patreon episodes so if you're a terrified fan you'll want to subscribe um we will announce the guests that are coming at the end of this episode to keep you listening <laughs> um but yeah as for the main show um we're going to be moving on from terrifier and entering a brand new season of shows um as we've previously announced we will be entering the year of the one starting in April. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to be covering all of the James Wan films. However, until then, we're going to be doing something special for our show producer, Kyle. Uh, We're going to be letting him call the shots for the next couple of months. It's Kyle season. So February is comedy month. Kyle's picks are Beetlejuice and Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Oh, I'm so excited for that movie. (laughs) 
then it's Musical March, and we will be doing Sweeney Todd and Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, I'm so excited. I've only seen parts and bits of Little Shop of Horrors. And I actually thought about putting it on last night because I was kind of in that campy mood after Beetlejuice. But then I was like, no, I'll just wait. (laughs) That's going to be a good one as well. But yeah, um, I mean, we mentioned the menu before. I know we kind of semi said that we were going to do the menu next, but we've decided against that. We've scrapped the menu. Um, we're just going to be moving forward with with uh, well, we don't Ky- have to Kyle season. Necessarily <laughs> scrap it. I mean, we can put it on the shelf for right now. Yeah, we'll post it. Like yeah. I said, there's there's theories and things that I've read after that I kind of like. So I mean, maybe eventually. Yeah, maybe we'll get to it. But yeah, we've got loads of plans. We've basically got the rest of this year planned out now. Um, we hope you enjoy Kyle season and then James one season, and in between those two. We will be talking about the new Scream movie, Scream 6, which I've just booked. Um, I'm going to go see a double bill on March the 8th. I tried to find one here, but I couldn't find one. Yeah, they're showing Scream 5 and 6 back to back. I would fucking love that. Oh, my God. Um, And I'm going to be going dressed as Ghostface, full costume, um, and listener of the pod, supporter of the pod. John Howard is going to be in that same screening. So we'll be watching it together. Um, really? Yeah. So that'll be were cool. Were you able to get seats together? We were able to, but we didn't because the thing is, so him and his wife, they like specific seats, even down to the specific cinema and specific screen. So they like to sit in a certain area, but I like the back seat. Like I always go on the very back row. See, I like being in the back too, but Kevin doesn't. So every time we always have to sit on um like like halfway down, like on the side. I always have to sit on the side mm. because I have to pee. But isn't it funny everyone's got their own personal preference of like where to sit? Yeah. Well, I just really learned to enjoy it whenever I worked at the movie theater because it was just always just really fun from there. And then also you can watch people. Yeah. But I like um, I like the back seat and, and this specific cinema, like it's the Odeon in Switch Islands. And um, I have said on previous episodes, like you have to go to certain cinemas for like recliner seats because in the UK, that's not a standard. Like you have to pay extra. Like it's pretty, it's like $20 a ticket to get like a, a posh cinema recliner seat um, and the leather too. So that's much better because I know that's, that's wiped clean because I've seen what happens in <laughs> In oh cinemas, my god, me people, too. Oof. People throwing up on seats, on fabric oh, seats. That's not um, what I was thinking, yeah. but yeah. Oh, well, stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so hygiene purposes, I like to go with a leather wipeable recliner. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be in my ghost face costume for that, and I can't fucking wait. So yeah, we will be talking about Scream 6 in between Kyle season and James Wan season. Um, so that'll be at the start of April. Um, and we do have a special guest for that episode too, which I, I won't reveal just yet who it is, uh, but it's going to be fun. As for this episode, though, should we get cracking? We should definitely get cracking. Let's talk about Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yes. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Released in 1988. Can you believe it? 35 fucking years ago. I literally... <laughs> When I was reading about it, and I was like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, 88? What? And I'm, like, sitting there, I was like, that's when I was 
born. <laughs> I, was, I like... was three. I was three years old. So oh. you were born in 80. It's crazy how old it is. Yeah, I was born in June of 1988. Crazy how old we are. Like, Dude, I... Stop. I literally have an existential crisis oh, every single day. Same. If I see like a post that's like, these albums are 20 years old this year, I'm like, no, no, they're not. They came out last week. Like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, no. Man. It's, like, it's, it's. Stop it. Stop the earth. I want to get off. Like, I know. It's so. Stop the bad. aging. I hate it. But yeah, this movie, it does not look 35 years old. Um, it's written by Michael McDowell, who also wrote The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, really sad. He actually died in 1999 from AIDS. Hmm. Um, he, was only, he was only 49. Really tragic. Um, and this, of course, was directed by the legendary Tim Burton. And the synopsis is as follows. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that have moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. Um, I guess that's the most concise way you could. I guess up. so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hats off to them for doing it in like one sentence because I don't know how I'd sum it up. Um, do you have some trivia on this movie, Ashley? Yeah, actually, some really interesting trivia that I didn't know. I guess I never really went into it. So, um, it was actually meant to be like a more gruesome horror film. Like it was written that way at first, the original script. And uh, so they brought in other people to be like, can you make it a little bit lighter? It says that they had more in common with The Exorcist than mm, anything. Okay. I guess like they were going to um, do it where it was like a shape shift type thing. I'm not sure what it was. It was just going to be like some demon type um thing but i was like oh that's weird also was it still gonna be a comedy or was it gonna be no, it was, straight as a horror it was gonna be straight as a horror oh interesting oh yeah yeah that's what it was it was a it was like a shapeshifter that turned into a middle eastern man <laughs> okay in human form i don't know like that's that what it says it didn't really go into like detail of like what it was gonna do but Michael Keaton really just, like, took the look and made it his own, to be honest. Oh, yeah. We'll go into it in a bit, but I couldn't imagine anyone else playing that character. Yeah. Like, just made it. The screenwriter wanted the movie to be more sinister, too. So, I guess, like, they wanted, um, they wanted Lydia, um, yeah, Lydia to die. Hmm. She was going to die in the fire and then join Barbara and Adam. But they were like, no, nope, that's too dark. So that's weird because it is like a straight up comedy. So like that is strange. It's, it's its origin was so like so serious and dark. Yeah, it's I wonder they... where the comedy thing came in then. Why they chose that? I'm not sure. I, I don't think I read that anywhere. But um, but the ending of it, the, he wanted it to be like the demon literally rapes Lydia and then kills. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> so... Fucking hell! This could have been a very different film. Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't think it would have been one of my favorite films of all time, though. <laughs> I know, right? Um, also, like, Winona Ryder and Alec Baldwin almost weren't in the movie. Like, all, the only... So, Alec Baldwin, Catherine O'Hara, and uh, Winona Ryder all turned the movie down at first. Hmm. Uh, Gina Davis was the only one that was actually pretty excited about this script. 
Right. But like when did, S- did they read this one and not the original one? <laughs> because I could understand why they turned it down. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. It doesn't say. I think they read the newer one because yeah. I mean this is so crazy. But Alec Baldwin really thought it was going to like ruin his career somehow because mm. he was like a young actor. So um, I, mean, I, can't, I can't imagine like just reading the script of this. You'd just kind of be like, "What the fuck? Like, is this a joke? Like, it is so off the wall." Like you couldn't imagine how this would work from page to the screen, so I can, I can kind of understand, like everyone's reservation <laughs> of working on a film like this. Yeah, I know. It also says that a lot of the effect, like they were all a lot of practical effects yeah. that they used, which you can tell, but also like oh, yeah. that's what makes it. Oh yeah. You know. So Beetlejuice, Michael Keaton himself was really only in the movie for like 15 minutes yeah, or like 17 minutes very little screen time it's crazy isn't it yeah it's it very... just shows how much of like and well i'm gonna drop the eye bomb pretty early on how iconic <laughs> his, his role is in this movie his character like just to you know have such a little amount of screen time and just absolutely just own it you know yeah i know um the song Deo was played at the guy that played o- o- Otho. Otho? Is that how you say it? Otho? Otho? Otho, I think. Yeah. yeah, Glenn Shaddix. He passed away in 2010 and they used that song. And I was probably, I was like, oh my oh. God, that's so sweet and so sad. Um, most of Michael Keaton's lines are improvised. Like a lot of his stuff is just <laughs> improvised, which is awesome because Michael Keaton is fantastic. This is also his favorite like role and project that he ever worked on. Oh, and, nice! Really, and That's also so he cool. would he'd be down to do the sequel if they ever came up yeah. with one. I mean, how how do you feel about a sequel to this? Because I don't know. So... I mean, it's so perfect that I don't even like want a sequel. Yeah. But if they made one, I'd still watch it. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I felt the same way about Wednesday, and you know, they nailed that. Um, so I think if Tim Burton's involved like he was with Wednesday and, you know, Michael Keaton, you know, you just mentioned it's his favorite role he's ever played, you know, if he's in it and he's, and he's approving it, um, then it would be a good thing. I mean, I actually read something just before we started recording that there's a rumor that Sadie Sink is going to be cast to play Lydia's daughter in Beetlejuice 2. I'd be so I awesome. think I think I would too. Like, I've been thinking about it, and at first I was like, mm, "I'm not sure," but like, she is great, and like, she would she would just nail that kind of role, wouldn't she? So, yeah. But I think like the more I think about it, it's like, what what story would they do though? Like, how would they do a sequel to this? Like, it it doesn't it's it's not a movie that you like. I know what needs a sequel: Beetlejuice. Like. <laughs> It doesn't end on like a cliffhanger, you know, like, oh my God, I need a second one. Like, I don't know what they do with a story for Beetlejuice 2. So I don't know. But like you said, I'd fucking watch it. (laughs) Tim Burton um, originally wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice. And nobody liked that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really down with that. (laughs) Yeah, no, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah there's i mean there's like just stuff like that just little stuff um but also Catherine o'hara met her husband on the set which was cool hmm. 
And I really love her. I mean, did you ever watch Schitt's Creek? No, I never saw that. Oh, it's it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Just like it's one of those wholesome, just loving and really well like written character development type shows. Nothing really bad happens on it. Um, it's just, it's like one of those actual comfort shows, not like the violent ones that we love, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll have to check it out one day. She is good, though. I do like her. Yeah, she is. She was so young when she was in the sh- movie, too. That was this, this was before, it was before Home Alone, yeah, because Home Alone was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I know her from originally, um, the mum in Home Alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's also fantastic. <laughs> so good. And uh, obviously the voice of Sally as well from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, if you mm-hmm. love her in these, you will love her in Shit's Creek. She literally like they just kind of told her what like kind of person that they wanted her to be. And she took it and like surprised them with with the character that she pretty much came up with and it's hilarious <laughs> and i'll have to check it out uh, yeah so anyways i could go on about it but anyway <laughs> but yeah so oh they also didn't think that the deo scene like would really uh come through like the joke would come through but like after they watched it they realized that it was really good so yeah. I think it was like almost not put in there. And I was like, man, that would have been wow. such a bummer. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a real misstep because that's like one of the most memorable scenes in the film. Like, you, know, you think Beetlejuice and like that's one of the first scenes that springs to mind. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I that know. Song. One of my I have a shirt that has his face on it and it says daylight comes and I want to go home. <laughs> awesome. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. Hey, we should play a, a drinking game for this episode. I know Phil Mouse will like this. Every time I say iconic, you take a take a sip, take a I'll shot. I'll have to drink coffee in my water. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. There's some fun facts. Let's get stuck into what we thought about it then. Our relationship with this movie and our initial thoughts. When did you first see it? What's your history with Beetlejuice? So I saw it pretty late in life. I think of probably like 20 maybe 2 21 22 I remember I don't remember specifically where I went but I remember going there and the kids at the house were was watching it and I was like you know I'd seen parts and bits like here and there and and stuff but I'd never seen it so I was like watching it with them and I was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> and um I just loved it since then like as soon as i got to see it i was like this is awesome and uh yeah it's become one of my top top favorite movies that's cool um with me i mean i i love this movie to death it's one of my favorite films of all time it holds a real special place in my heart um i was saying in our last patreon episode with francesco that when we get to the big ones to cover, like I get nervous about doing the movie justice and like getting it all out there of how much I love the movie and why it's so good. Like this is another big one, like Scream and Halloween mm-hmm. for me. Like, I know. So I hope me I do too. justice as well. I know, me but, too. I was like, because uh, I wanted to get, one. I wanted to get good trivia, but I was like, I don't want to overload, and I'm like, I don't know. 
Like, know, which... This is what this is about, to talk specifically everything about the movie, so it's all good. <laughs> I had to actually uh, rent it. I think we own it, but I was too lazy to get up. And uh, so I rented it, but I was like, dang it, I should have put the DVD on, because I could have seen if we had any extra behind-the-scenes oh, stuff. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't actually watch any extras for this either. Um, but yeah, this movie, it's just, it's always been in my life, like... I can't remember exactly when it was the first time I saw it. Um, but I actually had the toys before I saw the movie. Like, my parents used to just buy me, like, random figures. Because when I was a kid, I, I loved playing with figures. I was, like, obsessed with them. Um, and, like, the creepier and like the more fucked up, the better. Like, the same thing happened with um, the Terminator um, and Tim Burton's Batman. Like, I had the figures, like, before I saw the movie. What was up with like that in the 80s when they'd make toys for kids from like adult movies that clearly aren't suitable for children? I have no idea. <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. Like they literally had like Terminator toys. Um, but yeah, the Beetlejuice figures, they were so cool. I'll send you some pics over now. Um, so I had these two um, and the head span rounds as well. And you could like take off the heads and it'd have like the shrunken head underneath like at the end of the movie um and i just loved them i was obsessed with like how scary they looked and how like weird they were so like i just i loved the toys um oh, those are dope yeah <laughs> and you could buy like a there was like a bike as well like a like a trike with like bat wings on and he had like a car as well like this like cadillac with like snakes coming out the back and i was just obsessed with them um but yeah so after i had the figures then the cartoon came out um so that came out a year after the movie in 1989 and it ran for four seasons until 1991 mm -hmm, and Kevin i absolutely owns it, yeah. i loved the cartoon and at this point i'd still not seen the movie um but yeah then i went to florida and i saw the beetlejuice live show um <sighs> And I absolutely loved it. Like, I was obsessed. And then eventually, when I was old enough, I saw the movie and just loved it. Um, and for me, this movie is like the ultimate comfort film. Like, no matter what mood I'm in, I can just throw it on and it instantly makes me feel happier. Like, it's camp. It's crazy. It's just a delight to watch. Um, I literally grin from ear to ear, like the whole way through, like, and, and it still makes me laugh out loud. And to quote the movie, it keeps getting funnier every time I see it. I know. <laughs> it's, just, it's a perfect movie. And it's a comedy that I actually love, which is um, bizarre. Bizarre for me because I don't like comedies. But this is just so good, so funny. I just love it to bits. Um, Let's get into highlights then. What are some of the things we love about this movie? Um, everything. As <laughs> <laughs> so we start with the direction, I mean, incredible direction from Tim Burton. I think this is one of his best films for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just so good. His direction in this movie is just spot on. It's some of the best examples of directing I think I've seen. I know you, you know most people scoff at that i mean i have said on previous episodes like we're not professional film critics here but <laughs> right for, for me you know this is so well directed it is just perfect um the writing what? as well oh yeah the story the... is crazy like it's just such a wild just 
idea and I just love it yeah. so much. I I love the whole concept of it. Like I think it's fucking genius. Like the whole like being trapped in purgatory and then like the handbook for the recently deceased and then like the waiting room. Like it's actually my favorite representation of the afterlife. Like it's so clever. <laughs> I just love it. And it's actually like it's it kind of makes you not fear death if that's that makes sense well <laughs> i do i want to touch on that but um because i have some thoughts but mm-hmm. uh it's really funny that like so what i kind of gathered from it was like purgatory right that's mm-hmm. uh that's where they are and I did what I forgot to say this one in the trivia, but there is like a like a plot hole or whatever um, that everybody in the purgatory was like stayed as how they were killed, you know? Yeah. Except for them. But Tim Burton didn't want to make the uh, or, you know, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin be wet the entire time. Yeah. So he was just being nice about it. He was like, whatever. Um, But so. So, okay, so people who commit suicide have to go work. At the oh, afterlife, yeah, of course, yeah, thing. yeah. And so I was like, okay, so that's there. So the people who are in, who committed suicide are in purgatory, and I guess purgatory where they quote unquote deserve to go. And then um, Barbara and Adam are in their house, which is their purgatory, until they're ready to move on. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm gathering from that, I think. Because I was like trying to decide, I was trying, or I was trying to figure it out. I was like, well, why would they get to be stuck in the house for 125 years, and then like everybody else is, you know, at the uh, office or whatever? And then yeah, as you read into it, but yeah, like so everybody at the office is committed suicide, which is crazy. It was just such a weird, <laughs> weird concept. Like what, what it is. It it's funny because it is a comedy and and it is, but it's like realistic. It's it's, it's like a really black comedy because it's tackling themes that are extremely bleak, grim, depressing. You know, <laughs> to actually think about it. I know, but it has it's such scary, a scary, but it's, it's got such a a joyful tone to it, and yeah. it's so funny. And it, like I said, it makes the afterlife, it makes death look fun. Which, you know, how they done that, I don't know. Um, but it's it's crazy, isn't it? How like like that is translated from page to screen like that. It's just so right, well right. And it, it makes me wonder, like, I don't know, like where did somebody dream this? You know what I mean? Like, where was it? I want to know where it was like inspired from. But yeah, yeah. Um, there is this movie called. Uh, I'm just gonna put a trigger warning because it's about self-harm but it's called um risk cutters a love story have you ever heard of it no i haven't um it is like a early 2000s like kind of indie rom-com and it's amazing (laughs) it is about um you know suicide or whatever but uh it's about this guy and he cuts his wrists and he dies and goes to purgatory and it's like that it's like purgatory is the same as earth but bleak and like he works at like this really like 
um, shitty pizza joint and his life is just really crappy. <laughs> that sounds just... like my life like five years ago. <laughs> you, you should watch it. It's really good. It's it's like a dry humor, weird, like indie um, movie. But uh, it's it's just so like watching things like that. It does help me like think about the afterlife because I have really bad death anxiety. And uh, so if I think if I can put more of a weird positive spin on it then it may help you know yeah it's one of life's greatest mysteries and it's it'll always be forever the unanswered question you know like yeah um and to have that kind of spin on it is is interesting that that's why i really enjoy you know supernatural horrors and and stuff like that like it, it stuff like that does fascinate me you know i love watching paranormal shows and stuff like that um, and I like it when like people come up with new concepts like that. I mean, we will get into it soon, but insidious, like I really like the, the concept of all that, you know, about the afterlife and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just another one that I really like. And like I said, one of my favorite, if not my favorite representation of what the afterlife is like, <laughs> And, you know, even even down to the fact that they have like that that door behind the door, there's like all the the lost souls, mm-hmm. do they say, of like all the, the souls of, that have been exercised. Exercised, yeah. Um, and that's like really like terrifying. I and know. I was thinking about it last. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching that, I was like, oh, oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Oh, I don't like that. It's it reminds like, me of a no, we don't talk the Scooby Doo movie. You know, the oh, Scooby Doo yeah. movie where they take all the all the souls and they're in that like mm. eternal bowl or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that part scared me too i was just like that idea or like in uh hercules yeah when you go yeah. down to um hades and all the souls are in the river yeah. or whatever it was oh that just and i watched um me out. i re re-watched the little mermaid recently um that was one of my favorites growing up um and i've not watched it in like 20 years or something threw it on again the other day and it's still just as good love the little mermaid but you know the um like the poor unfortunate souls mm-hmm. <laughs> that those weird like creatures that are like trapped mm-hmm. that's like that's oh, it's just so scary it's it's like a similar thing isn't it mm-hmm. it's just like a eternity of misery yeah <laughs> but <laughs> But we're we're not talking about eternity of misery here. We're talking about a, <laughs> these are dark a, thoughts with Chris yeah, and Ashley. <laughs> we're talking about a colorful comedy about death, uh, because that's what it is. I mean, the dialogue in this is just so amazing. Like so many memorable, quotable lines. Like it's just lovely, fantastic, joyful dialogue. So funny. Like comedy at its best. Um. And every character is just so believable and compelling oh, as know. well. So well written. Um, the dad cracks me up. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember what his name is, but he's he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a teacher, <laughs> he was so good in that. As he well. was so good in that, man. Yeah. But I, yeah, no, every character is definitely believable and likable in their own way. Yeah, definitely. Um, going back to um the writing um i've got a note here that says i love the irony of them being on vacation for two weeks and then they you know they're actually going to spend it in the house Mm -hmm. like 
So, I mean, this is like your worst nightmare, like being on vacation at home, but then you're trapped in the house with an obnoxious family that's like changing your house. Like, that's just like, that that's is a probably nightmare. how it is, too. I mean, probably in your house. The yeah, that's just, true. Like, These dumbasses, they're yeah. fucking up my whole house. <laughs> I've told you, like, before, like, when I've had experiences is when we do renovation and stuff like that. And it's probably the ghost, like, you know, don't change this. We like the way it is. Um, did I tell you that um, when we were talking about moving out, like, oh, obviously all that was, all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is personal stuff, but <laughs> there was talk of us having to move out of the house we're living in at the moment. And as we left the room to walk through to the hallway, the back room door closed in front of me and Abby. Like, she was mm. on one side of the door. I was on the other and we were in the middle of having a conversation about moving out and the door closed in front of us as if to like say, you know, to stop us from leaving. <laughs> oh my God, that's scary. And it was weird. We just looked at each other like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> but yeah. Um... I would have packed up and moved out right away. <laughs> <laughs> no, they like us here. Um, we've not got ghosts like like Beetlejuice. I think they like us living here. Mm, but yeah, I just thought that was a real interesting plot point of them. Like, they were going to stay in the house anyway, being on vacation for two weeks. Um, but yeah. then they actually have to stay there. Ironic. Um, what, do you like um, being on vacation, you know, just like staying at home or do you like going somewhere? I think it depends. Like, we go to the beach once a year and I really love that. But we do stay in a beach house. But um, I do love staying at home too. Like these last week, we had a, a ice snor- uh, ice storm, and uh, so we were stuck at home, or I was stuck at home for three days, and it was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like taking vacation time at home, but I also like doing stuff. But yeah. like like this year, no, sorry, last year, I mean, I always take my vacation. In October, because it's my birthday, it's Halloween, it's Horicon. Um, but this time, like, I went away for like the whole time. Uh, I went to Manchester because Horicon was on, and I stayed there rather than just like going there for a couple of days and then coming back. And then, like, it was just kind of too much. And like, when I eventually got home, I felt like I needed another week of just staying at home. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, like, if you're yeah. going away, like, I kind of feel like you need double the time, like, a week away and then a week at home or something. Yeah, because like. when we do leave for, like, vacation or whatever, we go to Washington usually. And, like, we don't do a lot while we're there, but it is just, like, a lot, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you need, like, you need winding down time as well. Because, yeah, like, if you We if just, you just need go... to not work. <laughs> <laughs> We just need to do this full time. <laughs> I just want a vacation full time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, other stuff we loved. Um, I've got down here the cinematography. I mean, it's just beautiful. I love the colors of everything on the other side, like the afterlife. Like, oh yeah, like... I love that. Um, I was gonna say too, like, what is the what is the genre? What is this movie genre? Like, I know well, it's. it's... Horror, comedy. At its, at its core, it is a comedy. Um, on um, Letterbox, let's see what it's classed as. Comedy fantasy. 
Because hmm. I was like trying to figure out, I'm like, what? Or what would you consider this era? What would you say, like, 87 to, like, 95 weird, like, there was a lot of puppet movies. There was a lot of, like... Yeah, it was like, um, it was a weird moment, wasn't it? It was like everyone was on acid and they just decided to make all these random fucking films that didn't make any sense or yeah, fit, like... in, fit into any genre or movement. Like, it was almost like an experimental period, um, but most of them were hits. But yeah, just like movies, I don't know. And then, you know, you also had like wild movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kid and Ghostbusters. Oh, <laughs> and it's just like all these like funky type of movies that yeah. are awesome. Crazy, crazy concepts. Yeah, crazy, crazy concept. Because, this, yeah, this is the time when they started really getting into fantasy i mean there was you know twilight zone there's um star trek star wars like yeah that's that's that kind of stuff but this was like teetering on insanity yeah <laughs> type of it's thing. funny actually i was actually going through every year that i've been alive looking at what movies came out because um shout out to ryan horn um he has this list on letterboxd where he's picked his favorite movie from every year that he's been alive. Oh my god, I'm totally gonna do that. And it's like, so cool. right I'll, after I'll, this. <laughs> I'll send you mine. In fact, I'll send it you now so you can have a quick look at it. Um, I am so excited because I was with Aiden today, and he was like, "Oh, I want to do that." And his took like like five minutes because he only <laughs> had like twelve films to pick, you know. Like, and he was like, Are you still doing yours? Like an hour later, I was like, dude, I have like 38 films I need to pick. Like, cut me some slack. So I mean, and just looking, it was really interesting to look through the um like the decades and like every year, because like you said, from like the 80s to like the mid 90s, like there was loads of weird films. Like I've got for 1985, Return to Oz. I don't oh know if you've God. ever seen that. That movie scarred me for life. It's fucking terrifying. I need to rewatch like... it. I watched it once when I was a kid, or my mom put it on. That scene where whatever takes her head off and puts it in the oh, case. Th that scene with all scared, the scared. Oh my! Scared God. me, my brother and sister, so bad. <laughs> so we were crying. Dude. Same, my mom turned like, it off, and I have never watched it since. Mombi, that's the name of the character. The, um, oh, my God. Me and my sister, like, we used to watch this regularly. I want to do an episode on it. Let's fucking Let's do, do Return it. to Oz. Next year, it. we'll do Return to Oz. Okay. But, yeah, like, at this period, because so I was looking at everything, you know, we have, like, Beetlejuice Return to Oz, like, loads of random films like that. And then as you move on, like, you it start normal. to get into like franchises like we had like Jurassic Park then we've got Scream and then then like the age of the superhero start in like the early 2000s like the mm -hmm. original Spider-Man and then you really see like there's a fantasy element there's Pirates of the Caribbean Harry Potter stuff like that and it all becomes very formulaic like you get Star Wars returning mm -hmm. and then you get all the Avengers movies and stuff like that and it is just pumping out franchises at this point, and there isn't many original movies like Beetlejuice anymore. No, not at all. At, at least successful ones, anyway, you know. It, it's um, heartbreaking. 
it is it's weird but i just i found it so strange to like go through the decades and be like wow yeah like i've just sent you it now on messenger yeah. if you want to have a quick i'm looking look at it right box. now yeah like even if you look at the posters the way that they go now like when the towards towards like the end of my list all the like, same they all look the same don't the they exact like, same <laughs> and that's why classic movie posters are so cool because, I mean, for example, Beetlejuice, that is one of my favorite movie posters of all time. I've got it right here next to me in a massive frame. I fucking love that poster. Like, the colors on it, oh, yeah, just, it's, it's amazing art. It's got, you know, the house. It's got, like, the, the three main characters sat on top of the house and, like, the family you know, looking at them on top of the house and, like, all these different characters that are in the movie, like, around the house. Like you've got the shrunken head guy at the mate at the front door. You've got the guy that's being eaten by the shark <laughs> sitting on top of the porch. The football team and the is that the guy that's hanging? Like he's I don't know what character that is, but it's such such a great piece of art. And again, it's iconic. And you don't get many movie posters like that anymore. I love it so much. I know, just tiny, tiny details. Just yeah. beautiful. Now it's all like a great big montage of every character in the film like it just all looks the same <laughs> not done like that at all there's, that there's no original art anymore like no absolutely not everything's bootlegged everybody everything's stolen but i mean i guess that's just kind of the way unfortunately that it goes with art you know everything's kind of merged together and and it's it's rare when you can make something like super unique you know yeah it all just seems quite recycled now but i guess we're sounding really old <laughs> we are we definitely are <laughs> back um, in my day yeah <laughs> uh, but other stuff we loved about this movie um camera work i think the framing of all the shots is just perfect it all just the looks costume so costume yeah the costumes are amazing <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Like, iconic. <laughs> iconic, definitely. That word is getting used I mean, for that. I was looking, like, I was watching it and I was, like, super into what um, Catherine O'Hara's uh, character was wearing. I was like, that is really cool because I love that really weird, like, older, artsy, like, um, pretentious. <laughs> you know it was style. funny wasn't it i love that, moment that in the 80s when like that was like deemed as like snobbery and like high class mm -hmm. i like, love it it's just so looking great looking at it now it's like that's actually quite a cool look now yeah and then <laughs> you get lydia and i just love her oversized you know outfits and her big yeah. hats and i'm just like I was like, oops, I, I, did you see my post yesterday? I was like, I based my whole personality on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lydia, you know, she is goth girl goals, for sure. Goth girl gold. Oh, that was another thing that I read, too, is that um, they, Lydia was inspired by girls that went to a Cure concert. <laughs> I can see that. That's so cool. I, I thought know. you were going to say, like, Susie and the Banshees, which is also quite similar. But, um yes. Going back to Catherine O'Hara and her outfits, like one that always makes me laugh is that hat that she's wearing with like gloves on. Oh yeah, Did the glove hat. This? Yeah, yeah, it's so it's great. Because in the uh, in the Deo scene, yeah, she's only wearing one glove. Yeah, 
very Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, and then so that's another funny thing that kind of connects to Shit's Creek as well, because that's another one of Catherine O'Hare's uh, character kind of weird thing too is that she just wears these wild wigs or these wild things on top of her head and i'm pretty Mm. sure it was inspired from her character in beetlejuice yeah that's so cool yeah so she's she's just like iconic (laughs) iconic (laughs) what an icon um something else that is also iconic in this is the special effects like it's got actually got some scary moments in it as well like when like she pulls off her face when she's hanging in the closet, like that's mm-hmm. so scary. Like, um, I know. Kind of, and and a few of like the the other scenes with like the sandworm and the Beetlejuice snake, like genuinely scary. Um, <laughs> and it's so funny after they have that encounter with the Beetlejuice snake, like they're saying, "Oh well, um, you know, people could have been hurt," and they're like, "Well, they weren't," and it's like. People were literally dropped down the stairs. Like, that's a broken neck. Like, how was no one hurt from this encounter? <laughs> um, but another bit of the special effects I love is um, when Beetlejuice, he has the carousel head and the bat ears. Mm-hmm. And he has the big, long mallet arms. I just love it. That's so cool. It's iconic. <laughs> I love whenever was... the statues come alive. Yeah, it looks so weird. It's like Jason and the Argonauts with the whole like stop motion mm-hmm. kind of I love effect. Love it so much. Um, but that um, Beetlejuice carousel head—that was one of the toys that I had. Um, and I've seen the real prop, so it's actually on display in Planet Hollywood in Disneyland Paris. Um, I've seen it many times. It's like on the it's on the ceiling, and every time I sit there, I just stare at it in awe just like it's just so right when i go when i come see you you're taking me there oh for sure i mean disneyland paris is one of my favorite places to go like i used to go there every year without fail like that was my that was my holiday i love it um i stay in a place called the dream castle um and it is just i love disneyland paris so yeah we're definitely going um but yeah uh, i love the effects in this amazing i love the miniatures and just the 80s cgi that they use in it it all just it it's so creepy and it fits so perfectly to like the vibe of the movie it is just it works beautifully i love it all um the acting the acting is just so spot on so spot on absolutely everyone understood the assignment like they everyone got it like just such an amazing cast as well i can't imagine any other cast for this movie i know Um, and i'm i used to be a really huge um alec baldwin fan okay um i see i don't really know him like i mean i know him but i don't know what he's been in he's been in a lot of stuff but super famous isn't he yeah i really think he's really attractive in beetlejuice and then i really love him in 30 rock i thought he was hilarious um which is a show with with him and Tina Fey. But other than that, I'm not really aware of his I, acting. I know the, or... the, Bald, the Baldwin family are dead, dead famous, aren't they? And they've yeah. done loads of stuff. Yeah. Um, didn't one of them, like, murder a guy recently? Like That was Alec Baldwin, yeah. That's the guy that's in this film? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. What, yeah. what did he do again? Did it wasn't a guy. By it, was accident? A, it was a woman. He shot a woman by accident. Yeah. It? Uh, it was because the... I guess there was real bullets in the gun for some reason. I'm not sure. I don't really know the whole story. But so it was, was kind of like um, 
kind of like a crow brandon lee thing yeah i think yeah it was something like that but oh so he was like acting or mm-hmm. was he just fucking around with the with the no he was or? acting yeah like i think they oh, were doing shit. a scene or something and yeah i don't know i don't know I well he wouldn't have been like charged for that right because it's like no he was he was charged with what? involuntary uh manslaughter that's insane I just I have I no idea how that, that works. That's so weird. I know. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's poor my... guy. Like, I know. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know the whole the whole story. Mm. So, but uh, but yeah. So, and then Gina Davis is amazing. I love her hair in this movie. Yeah, she's oh, she's brilliant in this. So good. Like she again, she plays it perfectly. Um. I, yeah. I just love that moment, like when they come home from like being killed, and they're just figuring out what's going on. And again, the acting, the way that they play it, is just perfect. They almost play it straight, but like it's so comedic at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like effortless. Does that make sense? Like, it's oh yeah. Just, like they're not like super stressed out about it. Like most people would be like freaking out hyperventilating like, i know i was <laughs> like, i know me too what the fuck is going on they're quite casual about it and it's just so funny i just love it i love um, their relationship too like, yes it's they are, so they are couple goals so goals, beautiful definitely. and yeah. just like the entire time they're just obsessed with each other and just yeah. and they're, they're so supportive of each other and they're and... so good and calm with being with each other for yeah. eternity and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that is a real good point to mention like their relationship is really cool in this um, and it has the hint of you know like they were wanting to start a family but yeah you know like they possibly couldn't have kids and it just it kind of like makes you makes you love them more i guess just because it's like you can almost empathize with them yeah I yeah i really like her character as well because like at the start, when that nosy woman's like, "Oh, um, th- this this family, they want to buy your house, and they're giving you all this money," and and she's just like, "No, no, we're not interested in selling," you know, like. Oh, and then I wouldn't sell well, that house either. This house is for like a family, and she just looks at her like, "Fuck you!" Like <laughs> she just gives her that look, like you mm-hmm. know. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, like you know, what if they wanted to start a family and they can't? Like that's fuck you. But also, like, well, what if you don't want to like quote-unquote start a family you don't want to have kids you just want to live there with your partner and uh, you and your that, partner your are family, family. Yeah, like, that's they... family. Like, you know? yeah because like matter. i used i used to kind of get like oh you know i need to have kids to have a family whatever but then like sometimes i'll just be sitting in the living room and my cat will be on my lap and kevin will be um to my right and we're just watching tv i'm like this is this is family. This is my yeah, family. This exactly. I love it. I love love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I love that moment it, and just that little interaction. It's uh, it speaks volumes about her as a character and the way that they interact with each other as a couple. Like it's just so well done. I love it. You know, in this like wacky, crazy movie with like insane concepts and like batshit stuff going on at its core it's got real cool character development and character interaction and it's just so good 
Like, it's just mm-hmm. got everything going for it. Yeah, because, like, throughout the whole movie, these are just, like, uptight, rich, snob people. And by the end of the movie, they're, like, getting along with these ghosts and the the wife and the husband, like, are, you know, being cute together again. The the uh, Catherine O'Hara and the dad, um, you know, because she, she's like, oh, he loves it whenever she shows him his art, her art. And I just love that scene. And yeah. they're all excited about, you know, Lydia's grades. And I don't know. It's just kind of cute that they kind of became a family with the ghosts. It is. It's super cute. And it's so weird to say that sentence as well. But it's like a wholesome movie. <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> and it's just so weird because the subject matter is so bizarre. Um, Glenn Shaddix is the guy who plays Otho. I've got mm-hmm. a note here. Uh, he was also the voice of the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Because I was watching him and I was like, where do I recognize that voice from? Yeah, so he's in that. makes me laugh. Anytime he was on the screen, it was just gold. (laughs) Yeah, he's funny. Um, Other stuff we loved. I've put here, of course, the score, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Like, Danny fucking Elfman. I mean, it's just the dream team, isn't it? Elfman and Burton. It's just magic. Like... From I love listening moment. to Oingo Boingo and just knowing that the <laughs> person is. that's in Oingo Boingo is also the person that designed, you know, made the scores for all these wonderful movies and shows. Yeah. And I'm just like, hilarious. He's, he's so talented. Like, from the moment when the movie opens up and that iconic theme starts playing and it just pans across the miniature, like the, the neighborhood model and up to the house. And you can't help it your foot just starts tapping you start bopping Mm -hmm. like and then like it just and then it continues with the bopping because then you get that wonderful calypso music like it's just so good like the choice of of the soundtrack in this like you've got the score elfman is amazing but then to pair it with that calypso music soundtrack like i don't know who decided that whether it was elfman or burton or whoever but it's just such a off the wall and unique choice. I mean, it's it's a, just a perfect fit for the movie itself. You know, those Harry Bel- Belafonte is that it? Harry Belafonte. Mm-hmm. Um, those songs, you know, you get Deo, Man Smart, Woman Smarter, Sweetheart from Venezuela, and then of course Jump in Line. I mean, mm-hmm. those songs are just mm-hmm. they're known for this from this movie. You know, it's just so iconic <laughs> it's so good i love them um and I'll, they're on loads of playlists that i make like they are just amazing happy songs and they work so well in these scenes you know we mentioned earlier the day scene where everybody gets possessed and starts singing it it's so, so great <laughs> so amazing um what is your favorite scene from this movie that's so hard. There's it's so many so good hard. ones. <laughs> I can't. So many. I, I was. Scenes. I've been thinking of. I just can't. Like there. Like every time I watch it, there's a new favorite scene. Yeah. Um. Exactly the same for me. Like, but if I had to pick, um, I'd say it'd have to be when Adam and Barbara distort their faces. Like such mm-hmm. an iconic scene. Like, and the imagery and the special effects is so good. I just love it. Um, it's it's. I hate having to keep saying it, but it's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> just is. Uh, and I also love 
of course, the end scene when she's dancing and she's oh, yeah. up and it's shake, 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 Sonora. It's, it's so fucking And good. I love the fact that she has the schoolgirl skirt on and then the really long, um, oh, crap, I forgot what they're called, but you put them under skirts to make them more fluffy or whatever. She has that underneath oh, yeah. to make it her yeah, yeah. little goth self. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's talk about Lydia then because... I mean, she is such a great character. I love Winona Ryder's portrayal of her as well. Like, again, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing a better job, um, except maybe Christina Ritchie, but well, she wasn't She wasn't old enough yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she wasn't. Um, Jennifer Coolidge was up for the role as well. Jennifer Coolidge, let me see. She's Who, one that was she? in um, Labyrinth. I've not seen that. What? No, I've never seen... You've never seen David Bowie's bulge? I mean, I've seen pictures <laughs> of that, and I I can appreciate it, but I've it's never bu- seen the That's movie. another one of those really bizarre... Jennifer Cool... Hang on, Stifler's mom. Oh. Wait, is that who? Jennifer Coolidge is Stifler's mom. Oh, I'm... Uh, Connolly. Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> okay. My bad, Jennifer- guys. Jennifer Connolly, I know yes. who that is, and yeah, Jennifer Coolidge is Stifler's mom. <laughs> absolutely not. I could not see Jennifer Connolly as Lydia. No way. Absolutely no way. Um, but yeah, Winona Ryder, Lydia. You know, she's goth girl goals. You know, the black hair, the blunt fringe. Um, it's just so iconic. <laughs> um, even. AFI quoted her in one of their songs. You know the one? No. So it's um it's called The Despair Factor. It's on my favorite album of all time, The Art of Drowning. And uh Davy Havoc literally there's like a little breakdown and he just says, My whole life is a dark room. One <laughs> big dark room. And then it kicks back in again. It's like, yes, <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> Um, but her timing is so good as well in this, especially that the delivery of that line and everything. Like, she's just so good in it. Um, and I love her, it. She's I, so dramatic for the sake her, of. But but that's us. You know, we were all <laughs> we were all there. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know me. I've never been dramatic in my whole life. <laughs> like when she's like, uh, it's it's all over. Like no one no one understands me. Like you know that's it. Like let me let me um say something real quick. A lot of her movies, when she was younger, she did a lot of writing in diaries. So she did it mm. in Beetlejuice. She did it in The Heathers. She did it in uh, Girl Interrupted. And mm-hmm. she even did it in a way where she was voicing over the top, like uh, like a diary in Mermaids. Yes. You know, like a narration. Yes. That's the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. What that means, but <laughs> I just noticed it one day, and I was like, oh, "Okay, that's kind of funny." But she has horrible handwriting <laughs> in every one of those movies. I'm like, "You have," and I have horrible handwriting, so I'm just like, "Okay," but whatever. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, she's she's awesome in this. We've touched on it earlier. Her outfits are fucking incredible. Like, I just I love how she wears a full black veil to the dinner table. I like, know. it's just so Ugh. amazing. <laughs> It's like it reminded me of like when I used to be goth, like back in the day. Like I found um, all these old pictures recently, and I was showing them Abby, 
I was like, look, this is what I used to look like. <laughs> and I had long black hair. I used to wear all black clothes, black nail varnish, eyeliner. And I was shown her like Christmas dinner photos, like with my family. And she was like, you look like that on Christmas day. And I said, I look like that every day. Like <laughs> literally when I went down to the shops, like I would put on eyeliner, nail varnish. Like I look like that every day. I love um, it. So it was brilliant. I miss, I miss having hair and being a goth because <laughs> I couldn't pull that off now. I was a balding approaching middle yes, age old can. man. Um, no, I just, there's, you see them goths that are bald and they still do the eyeliner and, and, and everything. And I mean, power to them. If you, you know, if you want to do that. Then I don't care cool. what you look like, but men with makeup or eyeliner on, stunning i love it i love it so much i just i want every yeah. guy to wear I, eyeliner every day <laughs> i wish i could i wish i could still pull it off like i used to you know i had a jared way stage like i had the full-on red eye eyeshadow and everything and i was at my peak back then and I, i'll never forget when i was at my chemical romance concert and like i would i mean a particular one i had a girl come over to me and ask for a picture with me because i looked like jared way that much it's like I am I am peaking right now like this is amazing <laughs> people look at me now, now and be like what but seriously like I put up pictures I did use like Jared way back in the day um and I also refused to dissect a frog in high school um I was shocked when I learned that you guys literally had to do that in public school because I remember oh, yeah. we me and my best friend did um tv school so we would sit in her room and we would put tapes in and then we would do um, like work along with the the classroom that's on the TV. It was very bizarre. <laughs> I can't like even workout, explain it to you. Like a workout video. Like, you know, when you copy and Jane yes. Fonda. Like, yes. <laughs> and um, we did one where we were watching this science lady dissect a pig and i was like this is horrifying why did they do this yeah why do that. kids need to be doing this is, yeah, is really I, I, I literally i i point blank refused to do it and i was like no i'm i'm leaving the classroom right now i'm not doing it <laughs> you know anyone that knows me knows i'm you know vegetarian from a young age animal rights activist i used to be really into PETA. i used to do all that <laughs> but yeah i i'm totally against animal cruelty and i will not do anything like that like i even get squeamish and funny and work like because my we have a butchery in there and i have to like work quite closely with with them sometimes like i have to Ooh. deliver and supply meat and stuff so sorry and i i can't hack it like if i'm standing there and they're like cutting up the meat i'm just like this is fucking revolting <laughs> but yeah I, I i've never dissected the frog <laughs> just like lydia uh, so yeah i can relate to lydia in so many ways i love her as a character that's another big reason why i love the movie and um, we've not really talked about the main man himself beetlejuice i mean what can you say about him really i, I mean, mean like pretty much everything just is iconic it speaks, <laughs> he speaks for himself he's he's brilliant he's funny his one-liners are gold yeah. He's crass, you know, he's icky, you don't want to be around him, Yeah. but at the same time, if you he was in the room, it. you would just laugh uncomfortably. Yeah, 
100%. Again, I work with people like that. <laughs> I just, and, and the fact that he's just like this entity, like we don't really know what he really is. I guess he's a demon or whatever. And green hair, purple eyes, a striped suit, like, okay, yeah. what is this? But the imagery, the character design of Beetlejuice again iconic it's just so strange like i love the imagery of that character i know and um, then his commercial yeah <laughs> and when he's the cowboy and like, then he I, like... I love i love all the different like outfits he has like every time he appears on screen he has like a different outfit like mm-hmm. i'm gonna quote jb he said he was the mask before the mask you know, oh, like Jim Carrey's yeah. mask. Like, yeah. that was what it came from, I'm sure. Because, like, every time he appeared on screen, you know, he morphed into a different outfit and stuff. He was he was a cowboy, then tour guides. And then he was wearing Adam's clothes for a bit. And then he had a robe on. And then, of course, the black and white striped suit. And then at the end, he has the burgundy wedding tux on. Oh, I love that. Um, I, love, I, I, think, I, I like, love that wedding outfit both of those wedding both outfits. of them lydia with the red dress on like again that imagery is just iconic isn't it? it's just if we so ever get cool. together like not together to get married but i'm saying <laughs> if we ever like meet each other in real life or whatever we should <laughs> wear those outfits that is the first picture that we're having together yes we're gonna somehow <laughs> somehow i don't know we'll figure it out <laughs> what is your what's your favorite beetlejuice outfit in this I don't know. I mean, the There's... one that he wears most is the the tour guide red shirt and grey jacket. I think that's the one that he wears most in the movie. Like, he doesn't leave the hat on for too long. He takes it off pretty quick, but mm-hmm. he's in that most of the time. Um, I mean, mine is the the one that you see on all the posters, the black and white striped suit. Um, yeah, I'd have to say that's mine too. It's funny because he hardly wears that in the film at all, but it's the most, um, you know, iconic one. <laughs> But it just so looks so nice. good you know, with the greens, yeah. the purples, the muted, like, green and creams and stuff like that. And, like, then you get the black and white darkness. And it's just... Yeah, just against the contrast fantastic. of, like, his purple rings around his eyes and his green mm-hmm. gunk around his face. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, it's just such a cool look. And it's just instantly recognizable, you know. You put on a black and white striped suit and it is the Beetlejuice suit, you know. It's just an instant pop culture thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And again, Keaton, his performance as Beetlejuice is just, you can't imagine anyone else playing that. Like, it's got to be one of my all-time favorite performances in a movie by anyone ever. Ever. Like, it's just so good. And it's crazy how little screen time he had in this movie. And yet he's the titular character and he's barely in the movie. Like, it just speaks volumes, doesn't it, of mm-hmm. how much of a great job that he did playing that so good. Like, it's just so funny. He's just a million miles an hour, just, like, from the moment he's on screen, just... He's almost like a stand-up comic, the way he just reels off all these lines. It's just so good. And then the first thing he does is, like, he snogs her, doesn't he? <laughs> and then he's like... So, are things like serious? Do you think I've got a chance and all this? It's just like, what a first impression to make. So great. I love it. I love it so much. And then, of course, um, nice fucking model, honk honk, 
the kicks down the tree. I'm sure that that must have been improvised as well, that line, because it's just so out of the blue and so funny. Um, I think they were laughing so hard on set. Oh, can you imagine how much of a blast it would have been to work on that film? I love as well the set design, like the miniature set design when you're like full size, shrunk down in in the miniature. Like, I just love the attention to detail. Like, the Mm -hmm. fact it's so weird. Like, the fact Beetlejuice is grave, it's like underneath, and they've got to dig through all like the rubber grass. And then (sighs) I don't know why, but that scene always makes me really uncomfortable. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know what it is, but it's like when they put the shovel into the... I don't know. There's just something about it that just like... It's weird, isn't it? I have to like look away. And then like the soil's like cork. Um, it's just so good. And then <laughs> I love the way that the uh, the case worker puts in like a whole house to distract Beetlejuice. <laughs> I know. So funny. So funny. Oh, man, I love this film. Um do we have any more no. things to say oh, about it? I was going to say, are you, do we have any more any low lights? I was going to be like, no. no. Are you fucking kidding me? I really thought you no were about lights. to say that, and I just, like, <laughs> flat out, no. no. No, Are you joking? No. Absolutely not. It's a perfect film. Um, I think we, we covered <laughs> fangirling over it, but I love it. It's amazing. I need to get a tattoo um mm-hmm. so i have yeah. several shirts i have decor Same. on my around my house like Same. it is in this house we worship the beetlejuice agreed um overall thoughts for me um it's one of the most unique entertaining and original movies that you'll ever see and i recommend it to anyone um but especially for people with a spooky streak um, Top five movie of going with me on a deserted island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Same. It's also another one of my spooky season staples. Like, if I don't watch it once a year, then I'll watch it multiple times throughout the year. Um, One of my absolute favorite films of all time. And I will never get tired of it. Like, it's just an absolute classic. And it's also incredible how well it still holds up. Oh, I know. Like, it's crazy. Like, we were saying how old it is, and it does not look that old at all. Like, everything I know. holds up. Everything holds up. It's like, it's like freaking Jurassic Park, you know? Yeah, yeah. That movie still terrifies me. It it does, that movie looks 100 times better than any of the newer movies that ever came out. 100%. It's time, it's films like this that they feel like they're in a, a time bubble, like a capsule. Yes. And they just can't be touched. No one will get close. I would literally set the world on fire if somebody tried to remake this movie. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. (laughs) I would go and make a petition to get that person sent off into space. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, like, assassinated or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we should probably wrap things up with this episode, unless you've got anything more to say about it. No, I think... um... I think I'm good. I think I think I said everything. Uh, you know, I'd actually love to do with this one, though. Like, I'd really like to do a commentary with you, like, you know, while we're watching it. I would love like, that because I love talking during movies. <laughs> and this is one, obviously, we've seen it so many times and I feel like we'd have right, a blast. Right, right. This would be, um, this would, is like a, an exception to people. Like, we could yeah. talk. Yeah. I feel like this could be um, an Instagram live thing we did, you know, like talking mm-hmm. over like do a commentary on beetlejuice i'll be up for doing that um 
yeah, plans for the future. So we're bursting at the seams with plans. We, I, I have an idea. We can talk about it off air, but I, can, okay. I, I have an idea. But yeah, speaking of ideas, um, you can listen to all of our ideas on our Patreon. We've got so many things up there right now for you to feast your ear holes on. You can even watch us on a Instagram live feed that we've archived there for you when we're talking about the new Scream trailer. But yeah, Patreon, head over there, go support us for only a dollar and you get all of that. We're having loads of fun on there. We've got loads of different things. We've got TV show reviews, fan film reviews, interviews with creators of movies and cast and all sorts of stuff. Um, shout out to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Field Mouse, John, Nicole, Ryan, Vincent, Tom, Wade, Ash, and of course our show producer, Kyle. And we have two brand new supporters, longtime listener, Oliver Griffiths and Clown Cafe Kid number four, our lovely friend Francesco oh De Pinto. My God, everybody, y'all are so nice. <laughs> Welcome aboard, guys. We appreciate the support more than you'll know. Um, we hope you enjoy all the bonus content. Let us know which spin off pod is your favorite. Like, what do you want to see more of? Um, we'll do more of a certain one if you like that more. Um, so, yeah, endless love to our patrons get in touch with us we'll chat back we love you all thank you so much for your continued support um and we've actually been talking about um the patreon fund um and what we're going to be doing with the money um i mean we've we've been dipping into it now and again to pay for like pod overheads like domain fees and stuff like that but we've we've discussed it haven't we ashley and we're gonna Mm -hmm. save it for a very special purpose so we thought it'd be a really cool idea to save all the donations and put them towards a plane ticket for either me or Ashley to fly to each other's respective countries so we can finally meet each other in person. <laughs> like, I mean, I think this could I, be doable. I think it could be, and it's wild. It's a it's, very crazy, crazy idea, and I hope it comes true. Yeah, I mean, it would be incredible. Like... And I also said to you, like, we'd, we'll film the whole thing and put it on the Patreon. So, like, we'll do it like a catfish-style documentary. <laughs> like, even with, like, the whole indie twee music in the background. Oh, no. And, like, <laughs> slow-mo, like, 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 the plane what? journey and everything. <laughs> Death cab for cutie type stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. filming, like, the sunset and, like, um, all the scenery going past and... But yeah, that would be amazing if we could actually make this happen. So that is the goal. Um, we're not just treating ourselves to Beetlejuice merch with the money. Like we're gonna be, <laughs> we're gonna be doing something really cool with it, and that that you guys will be able to get involved with as well, and and uh, and watch our catfish documentary. <laughs> well, and it on turns top out of that, actually, hopefully, turns out while you're like here, fifty-year-old neck beard, and she's been catfishing me the whole time. what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say that maybe we could get other um people to come too so we could all like hang out oh definitely we should do like a a horror homeschool con like uh, (laughs) okay okay (laughs) we're getting ideas above our station now all right let's (laughs) we'll talk more (laughs) (laughs) but yeah go and support the pod 
Uh, for only a dollar a month, you get access to all of our bonus content. And we actually upload them a lot more regularly than we do on the main show feed. So there's always something new up there to check out. Lots of variety on there as well. Um, I say that, but we've got a few more Terrified 2 guests lined up for some upcoming episodes on there as well. So um, next Patreon episode, we will be talking to three of the art department girls from Terrified 2. We are so stoked for that episode. Um, so be sure to subscribe. Tune in for that one. Um, so stoked. As for the next episode on here, on the main show, we continue Kyle Month with his second pick. Uh, one that I've never seen before, but that mm. Ashley loves. I love. Suffering Dale versus Evil. So if you're a fan of that movie, make sure you tune in for that one. So excited um, for that one. As always, you can find all of our links at horrorhomeschool.com. Links to all the platforms where you can listen to the show, our Patreon, our socials and merch. Go and pick up some shirts from Tee Public. Um, we will be uploading a um, a Valentine's Day t-shirt for you. Uh, I love the design that Ashley's done. So go and check that out. It might actually be up by the time this episode comes out. Ooh. So, yeah, it's a, it's a ghost face, isn't it? Ghost face in a heart mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day. Um, so, yeah, go and buy a pink t-shirt and um, look stunning in it. Uh, I think there's always, there's always sales on as well. So it'll probably, mm-hmm. yeah, as soon as you upload a design on there, it's always cheaper for like 24 hours or something. So, yeah, again, check that out. The link's at horrorhomeschool.com personal social media stuff you'll follow me on instagram at chris j wakefield and me underscore baberham lincoln underscore we will be back soon with another episode and remember i myself am strange and unusual <laughs>